happiness and relationships kind of go together, right? Mm -hmm. Because two people are taking their lives and they're taking and putting, they're combining them. And ultimately what people want is they want to live a happy life, mm -hmm. right? And I think that, uh, especially in the United States, we are obsessed with happiness. We all want to be happy, which I, I get. And, and I want to be happy, you want to be happy. And I think that sometimes in life, especially when you are in a relationship, um, we sometimes outsource our happiness to the other person, right? And so we are setting expectations for other people to make us happy. Mm -hmm. So they, we've put a condition on the relationship that they have to do certain things in order for my happiness to be there and to exist within this relationship. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners and so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of. We tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm EC in the place to be. Everybody knows my name is EC. I'll be rhyming so easily. Wow. Yep. Okay. That's do you need to do this every time we start a new episode? I, I may. I may do. I, I, I think you should I, come a, up with new rhymes I am then. a free spirit. I can do whatever. I'm free. Okay. I can do whatever I want. I think you should maybe write some rhymes so you have some different ones then. Uh, I like freestyling. You know, freestyling. But you always just happen to freestyle the same thing <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. So you might want to like get a rhyme book. Actually, I bought you a rhyme book for Christmas you one did. year. You did. You uh, did. Apparently, you've never used it, but you should start writing it. it. Th that was sparked because I think I told someone, I said, oh, um, they asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, oh, yeah, I just want a uh, book so I can write rhymes. Yeah, because I'm a lyricist. <laughs> so we bought you that for Christmas. <laughs> I am a lyricist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. My you, you don't have any lyrics right now in you, but I mean, it's just not the place. To be. Are you gonna drop a beat? No, I'm oh, not. Okay, well, if I had a beat, I would rhyme. Right, so it's my fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that... you're not creating an environment where cr creativity can yeah. happen. Well, that <laughs> that's a great segue for this episode because it's about <laughs> happiness and uh, you finding your own flow without me, but you just blamed it on me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, if you're new to the push podcast, welcome. We always start every episode with a what in the world, because crazy shit just happens what to us world? all the time. And so I have a what in the world. It's about my dear husband, me, you, oh. Edward Copeland on the ones and twos. And I'll just tell you, you've been golfing for a while, uh -huh. right? Would you say you're a pretty good golfer? No, <laughs> I'm a, I'm an average. Any other average. time other than this story, <laughs> you would say that you're a good golfer. No, I am Yes, I would. have never said I'm a good golfer, but I will okay. say I can golf. I, I'm improving. You go right? golfing all the time. I, I, You're yeah. going on a golf trip. You yeah. have your own clubs. You have all of the accessories. I can, when I hit You've the ball the well, I'm great. Okay. Well, any other time other than this podcast right now <laughs> on this date, he would say, yeah, I'm a pretty good golfer. So he decides it's because he knows where I'm going with the story. But I don't actually know where for you're going Father's Day. My husband, uh, the kids ask him, Dad, what do you want to do for Father's Day? And he says, you know, I just want to go golfing. We're like, cool, call your friends, whatever. Well, it turns out all of his father friends are busy doing father things. And so they can't go to the golf course. Wait, and so he says, second. they weren't doing father things. They just were busy. They were doing father things. Well, on it Father's just makes me Day. feel like I wasn't doing father things. Well, you saying. wanted to go golfing. So to each his own. Okay. You wanted to go golfing. All these other dads, all of your dad friends, they wanted to spend time with their kids. <laughs> So he says, you know, well, I really want to go to the golf course, honey. You should just come with me. Mind you guys, I've been uh, golfing for four weeks. I've had four lessons, four, count them four. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I'm not ready for a golf course. And he goes, ah, you'll be fine. This is how you learn this and that. To give you a little context. Why did I want you to go with me? Well, th this is not your story okay, right now. Finish. This is mine. Okay. 
Uh, you wanted me to go with you because it was Father's Day and you wanted to golf on Father's Day and you didn't have any friends to go with you. That's why you wanted me to go with you. Okay. So. Everybody gets their um, own version. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you guys don't know, Eddie and I are very competitive. We're just like innately competitive people. So when we do something that we're not good at, it's something we're really hard on ourselves and we will go to practice and we'll rehearse and we'll read all the books and watch all the TikToks and we'll try to get better at it. Right. right. So that's me right now is like trying to do all of the things because I, I want to try to get good at golf. And so I tell him I'm not ready. He goes, ah, you'll be fun. It's just a game. You know, it's Father's Day. I want to hang out with you, blah, 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 blah. Our children literally said, Mom, thank you so much for taking one for the team. <laughs> they literally said that. We know you don't want to go to the golf course for 18 holes on Father's Day. We know you don't feel ready, but thank you for taking one for the team for dad. Yep, no problem. He's not my fucking dad, but he's your dad and he's a good dad. So I'm going to do it, right? So I go to the golf course and I'm nervous. Like from the moment we pull up into the golf course parking lot, I see this woman, she's like petite Asian woman, just dressed to the nines, like looking fly as hell, like her entire getup. She's got her collar popped, like everything about her. I was like, she's super intimidating. That lady looks like she plays golf every freaking day. Yeah. And fast forward, who do we get partnered with? That lady, the <laughs> professional, right? So they turn out to be really nice. Bob and Linda, we should have exchanged information with them, but... Right off the tee, um, it's my turn. I let everyone go, and I miss the ball. <laughs> I don't miss the ball. Yeah. Like, I just don't. I've had four lessons. I rarely miss the ball. And I'm like, oh, whoa. Okay, so I'm nervous, right? Right. That rattled me. Miss the ball again. <laughs> what, two times? So Eddie's like, honey, it's just a game. Don't worry. Fast forward, you guys. This is 18 holes of golf. <laughs> 18 holes. We get to maybe hole three. And I'm just like playing like shit. Why? Because I'm nervous. I'm intimidated. I feel like I'm holding everyone back and I'm just not playing well. And I right. know that it's a mind thing. I'm out of my element, but it's also a brand new sport for me. I haven't had enough training, practice, anything. And now I'm being thrown in. So we get to like hole three, finally finish. And I'm pretty good at putting. And I go, what hole is this? I'm exhausted. Like this is exhausting. He goes, Three. So we got to do this for fucking 15 more times because three holes took like an hour. So no shit, you guys, all day long. Like, I feel like my game's just not really good. Rightfully so. Again, I'm a beginner. My husband has all these positive affirmations. The ball goes like four feet forward. He goes, that's right, babe. That's how you play the game. Just a, a couple feet forward. You got every inch. What is it? What did he say? As long as it goes forward. Yeah. Just every single thing, he's got some positive affirmation. And so fast forward, it is now 5 p.m. We started at 11 a.m. <laughs> so a couple things about golf. One, that shit's dirty as hell. <laughs> Number <Wait>. two, <laughs> it's dirty as hell. You had me. My husband was like, as long as you look the part, you'll be good. Right. So you, I had new shoes, white Nike Air Max golf shoes, super cute. Yeah, I go, I got to walk on the grass with these. That sounds... <laughs> Silly, but yeah, so my shoes get messed up, right? And then you've got towels and all these contraptions. I'm like, I didn't know I needed a towel. <laughs> I didn't know I needed brushes to brush off my golf clubs. Like, he's got all this stuff that I don't have, so I'm not prepared, right? Oh, my God. You need sunscreen for sure. Why? Because at hole 15, it's now 5 p.m., <laughs> and we've been there since 11. You need bug spray because... <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm Filipino. I always get bit. I was talking to another fellow fellow Filipino the other day. She's like, oh, yeah, my white husband never gets bit. It's yeah. always me. So that's me. You need bug spray, people. And it's the only game I know where you're supposed to dehydrate yourself purposely because there's no restrooms anywhere. So if you drink and you're staying hydrated because you're baking in the sun and you're stressed out, then you're going to have to go to the bathroom. So it wasn't enjoyable, but I'll tell you what I did. I kept reminding myself that I was taking one for the team <laughs> and that it was Father's Day and that I didn't want to ruin the moment and that we were spending the day together. And so I found the happiness in it. Right. And I'm, and, glad to, and, and, and I'm not done. I'll, I'll let you have your piece. And so 
all day long, you know, he's giving me all this positive encouragement. I'm just going to say when you're not doing well, someone being positive with you, it's not the best feeling. (laughs) I need to know, like, am I alone in this? It doesn't make you feel better. You hit a terrible shot and you're like, ah, stupid, stupid, stupid. (laughs) Like, you know what you did wrong. And someone's like, no, it's okay. Good job. It's just a game. Let it go. It's not really helpful if you're a super competitive person. Now, I don't know what you should have said. You could have just said, it's all right. Better luck next time, babe. I'd have been cool with that. Right. But all day long, it's all this positive encouragement shit. Okay, I get it. So here I am being positive because I'm matching your energy and it's Father's Day. It's your special day again, even though you're not my father. And so whole 15, I said, you know what? It's been great, guys. (laughs) I'm going to sit out the last three holes. My wrist is hurting. Why? Because I'm not swinging it the right way. Like, I'm not hitting the ball the right way. So things are hurting now. I'm dehydrated. I want to drink. Whatever. So um, I'm, you know, waiting for Eddie to go up, take his last couple shots. And all of a sudden, his entire golf game falls apart. Yep. So he hits the ball, and it. I think you missed it. No. And then you hit the ball, and then it went like four feet forward. And so I felt I that it was appropriate. <laughs> I, just... I have it on camera. <laughs> I felt that it was appropriate to also give you and provide the positive encouragement that you gave me. Oh, that was revenge. The difference <laughs> was you were like, fuck. You were so angry. Like right. immediately you started to get angry. And I was like, don't let it get in your head, honey. It's just a game. Don't worry. It went forward. You know, have fun. Look at the deer, everything that you were saying to me. But for some reason, it didn't work because you got all in your feelings. And so I wanted you to understand that, one, you put me in a bad position. (laughs) Two, I took one for the team and I listened to all your bullshit all day long. (laughs) I was super positive and encouraging and happy for you because I wanted you to have a great day. But the moment your game fell apart, None of that stuff mattered. Well, All okay. of the stuff that right. you gave me. All right. I'm right. done I, speaking. I this I, is I, Janelle Copeland. <laughs> okay, I am you done. went for 10 minutes. Okay, okay. go. It's your gonna, turn. I'm just going to say, I, one, invited you because I just wanted to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. You've been picking up the game of golf. And, and no been, one else was available. No, it wasn't that because I played by myself before. Okay. Right? And that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I have mm-hmm. no problem. I meet people, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not an issue. Um. Because golf is one of those games where you can go on yourself because it truly is a, a competitive sport against yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yes, your score is competing competing against the field of people, but no one's at that level that unless you're a professional, right? Mm-hmm. So most amateurs... Funny because you were keeping score. Because you have to keep score for your, amateur, okay. for your uh, handicap. As an amateur... I'm not competing against anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm not like my score is not competing against anyone unless we just des- we decide, hey, we're going to match scores and see who wins. Mm-hmm. But even then they have handicaps. So like if you're a better golfer, you get you, you know, or if you're a worse golfer, I would say you actually get like credit for that. The right? point of my so, what in the world is my, I was not prepared to right. be on 18 so holes of a golf course. I didn't I didn't realize until. I think when we finally got situated in there that you were nervous. Like I didn't realize that until you, I was like, I saw you looking around and like looking at everything. And then you were like kind of overthinking things. And I was like, Oh my God, I think she's nervous. Yeah, about I've this. never done this before. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. Why would I not? I well, literally I thought have because never done I th- this. Cause I think sometimes when people haven't done something before, they kind of take it lightly because they're just like, I don't know what to expect. So I'm mm-hmm. just kind of go with it. Right. And well, if we were just shooting the shit with some friends at the top golf where we've right. been, that's light. I, so that's why I thought you got you me go- with the professional. Lady. <laughs> I thought that you were going to take it in that regard. Like, Hey, we're going to play top golf. You know, we're just going to have some fun. It's not a really big deal. Well, let me ask you, would you have done that? If it was my first time? Absolutely not. You would not have. So, if for example, if someone said, "Hey, we're gonna go and go play," uh, what's that new game? Not racquetball. No, what is it? Le- uh, pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah, that's a dumb sport. Like we've I know never what you're done saying, it. But I've never done it before, so I'm not. My first time going there, I'm not gonna. But be if I super... took you to a pickleball championship game, and I was like, "You'll figure it out. Don't worry, it's no, just a game." No, we didn't take. It's not. A, it's the apples and oranges. We're not. I didn't take you to a championship game. Okay, if I took you to a golf course, an 18 hole golf right. course, it's your very first time on a golf course ever in your life. You've taken four lessons. Right. I'm like, it's just a game, and you're with everyone that's really good. Are you gonna have a fun time? 
I know you. That's why this is a what in the world, because you would not have had a fun time. I watched your game unravel and you did not have a fun time. But that's a different thing because that wasn't my first time playing. So here's my here's my case. I let you give your case. Okay. Here's my case. Go. So my case is I have been there. I have been. I remember my first time mm -hmm. on the golf course. It was not pretty. Mm -hmm. And I remember just kind of like picking up my ball and going with it. Like, oh, I didn't hit it that time. And I didn't want to slow down play. So I just kind of like just play through and i just knew that this is the first time i've ever played i wasn't competitive in that way all i knew was this i knew that this was a mile marker of how i started and i would get progressively mm. better mm. and so i think that your expectations were it was that you wanted to be you hit it and actually be competitive not that, at all i'm just it just that's what it came across mm -hmm. as like I, and I was trying to say this is not a place for be competitive. Like this is your first time on an 18th uh, mm -hmm. uh, whole course. I didn't expect you to be like fighting for excellence in that moment. I just thought you would just go with it and have some fun, hit the ball. But didn't whatever. I do that? You did. And, uh -huh. I, and you hit some really great balls and I wanted to make sure I was encouraging you. Mm -hmm. I get, but so I think that like when, you, when it's a few years from now and you are like seasoned in the game of golf, right? I think I would not be giving you affirmations of like when you're not doing well, because mm -hmm. I know you're thinking to yourself, I should be better than this. Mm -hmm. When I get frustrated, I'm thinking to myself, I should be better than this because mm -hmm. I've been playing for longer. Mm -hmm. Right. I've been playing for a while that I should not be having shots where I, I you know, whiff on the ball or it goes, you know, hard. Right. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm disappointed in the fact that I should be doing better than that. Oh, so you can be disappointed because you should be doing better. But what I'm but... saying, you self-proclaimed said, this is my first time, uh -huh. right? I didn't think you were going to be in a place of frustration. I wasn't. It's no, like your you're first... missing the point. I, I understand where you're no, coming from. No, you're invalidating my frustration. <laughs> I'm saying nobody, that wouldn't be enjoyable for anyone. Get it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And still to this day, you haven't validated. Like, I get it. That was a tough position. You just keep telling me all the stuff about how when I first started, oh, it was a learning. Like, I wasn't. That's bullshit. I know you. If I took you somewhere and everybody else was better than you, it wouldn't be enjoyable for you. It's not because I wanted to compete and be excellent. Mm -hmm. It's because it's just like I, I was out of my element, out of my league. I felt like I was holding everyone back. Like I knew right. that the balls weren't going to go where they were supposed well, I, to. And I'm not invalidating you, honey. What I'm saying to you is that in golf specifically, mm -hmm. there's no escaping that. You, you, there's no way you're going to get on the golf course for 18 holes and actually be like keeping up with with everyone else. It just never will happen. Well, interestingly because, enough, because everybody else we golfed with, that's exactly what happened. No, what I'm saying is like, like for example, anytime you, you talk to anyone that play that plays golf, right, and you tell them about your experience, they're all gonna say the same thing. Well, you just got to get out there. Mm -hmm. They're gonna give you the same thing yeah. I told you because there's no escaping the first time you go out there and you're you're going to be matched with people who play on a regular basis. Yeah. There's no escaping it. Well, and so like this doesn't whether, have to be a whole right. solve it right now. <laughs> uh, the point of this was a funny what in the world to say that you did me dirty. <laughs> you took me out on the golf course. I wasn't ready. Self-proclaimed wasn't ready. And 18 holes of golf is a lot. It is a lot. A lot. And if I would have taken you and put you in that same situation, you would have been like, this isn't for me. This is not really enjoyable. But I think I did a really good job I of making you sure you had an enjoyable day. I think you did a really good job. And I thank you for being there for my Father's Day. All I wanted was for you to be happy. <laughs> okay. So I sacrificed my own happiness. All right. But I'll, which is the point for, of this. So the, I think for the audience to understand this, right? And I think you can appreciate this. Anytime there's something new, you're going like you and you're trying to get better. There's a there's always going to be the cost of embarrassment or feeling out of sorts or feeling behind or feeling like you're not great at something. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the the that's natural the, the part process of 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 learning anything new. The only the, the problem when it comes to golf is that you are going to have to do that in front of people in most cases who you don't know because golf is a game where you get paired with people that you got to play with yeah. unless you go out with a group and you're all the same level 
but then you have to deal with the fact that people are playing in front of you and in back of you that are probably going to be better. Yeah. That are going to be like, I get in, it, honey. I understand. So, but it would have been a lot of fun if I would have went with my beginner girlfriends and we could have all missed the ball and made fun right. of each other and had a good time instead of me trying to feel like I'm holding up the other three people that I'm going with. I understand. So that's the first time <laughs> I, that's the last time I'm asking you to understand and validate what I'm saying. But it's still so difficult. No, I get it. It's okay. I, I understand what you're saying. So moving on, <laughs> let's talk about what we're talking about in this episode. So the make me happy myth. Um, this comes up because why is this? Because people uh, recently have been saying like, oh, he doesn't make me happy or oh, my partner's not making me happy. Are you bringing this up? Tell me where this stems from. Well, I think, you know, when we I've had the privilege uh, and the honor of like of officiating weddings, mm -hmm. right? And you know, we recently went to a friend of ours' wedding. Shout uh, out to Jason so, and Michelle. Shout out to Jason and Michelle. The, the Johnson. The Johnson, right? And you know, and one of the things that uh, anytime you you either hear uh, you know someone officiating a wedding or you are officiating a wedding, whatever, your happiness and relationships kind of go together, right? Mm -hmm. Because two people are taking their lives and they're taking and putting, they're combining them and. Ultimately, what people want is they want to live a happy life, mm -hmm. right? And I think that, uh, especially in the United States, we are obsessed with happiness. We all want to be happy, which I, I get. And, and I want to be happy. You want to be happy. And I think that sometimes in life, especially when you are in a relationship, um, we sometimes outsource our happiness to the other person, right? And so we are setting expectations for other people to make us happy. Mm -hmm. So they, we couldn't put a condition on the relationship that they have to do certain things in order for my happiness to be there and to exist within this relationship. And so, you know, one of the things that I think that we've tried to give people guidance on is that not all of that's true. And that's, a, and there's a lot of, there's a myth to that, that other people can bring happiness to you. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we just wanted to just talk about is like, what's the level of happiness that you need to bring to a relationship and then what is the actual thing? It, you know, if it's not if it's not you making me happy and I'm making you happy, then what is it? Is is it more around how do we create an environment where happiness can exist? Um, and so that's kind of what where this conversation came up. Yeah. So this wedding that we just went to, you said um, you kind of proposed to them that they needed to be responsible for each other's happiness. And that's what we're talking about today. We need to be responsible for your own happiness and you need to make sure that you're creating an environment where happiness can exist. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about, like, and what I mean by that is like, there are things that you can do that even if a person does a really good job of self-care and really understanding like what things that they need to do to be happy, what things they need to do um, to feel fulfilled in life. But there's also things that you can do to damage that, mm -hmm. right? And one of the things that you can do to damage that is that you put in the, you, you give people the expectations that they have to do things to make you happy, which sometimes doesn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, or you're in, and then there's a fine line where people actually can damage the, the nurturing of happiness in the relationship by doing certain things. And so I think what I would like to, to kind of just kind of discuss is like, what is that line? Mm -hmm. Like, how, how do you know when you're in a place where, you know, this person is actually taking away from your happiness? or when you are in a place where you need to do some work on yourself in order to find happiness? Uh, I think that you should always be doing work on yourself to find happiness and to create joy in your own life. But I think that when you're in an environment where you don't enjoy coming home to each other, mm -hmm. that's like a cause for concern. Um, like, do you have a happier life before that person gets home? That's mm. a cause for concern. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think you got to ask yourself, what is it? What is it about this person that when they get home, like the, uh, the happiness is sucked out, mm -hmm. right? Are they doing something? Um, have you forgotten what you two brought to the relationship? So one of the things that I told Jason and Michelle was like, don't forget like what you brought to this relationship that created the attraction, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes like within that, whether it be the things you talked about, how you asked questions, how you explored one another, how you looked in each, each other's eyes, like all those things, 
but there was a level of happiness that you had to have already in you t- for people to be attractive. Like sad people are hard to be attracted to, mm-hmm. right? People that, you know, have a tough time seeing the positive or having hope or, or exemplifying that, um, you know, they have faith in things are really hard to be attracted to. Like mm-hmm. someone that's just like a Debbie Downer all the time. Yeah. You're not going to have attraction to. Right. So sometimes like if a person comes home and you know that they're just unhappy, mm-hmm. right, with life or maybe they don't feel like they were, they, they're where they need to be in life, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they can suck the life out of the room. Yeah. And then make it very difficult for your happiness to be uh, unscathed. Like you, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden now you feel like your happiness is being sucked out of you because, you know, the energy that person has is not conducive to a happy environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do you know the difference between if you're just unhappy or if someone else is making you unhappy? Yeah, so I think there's there's seven things I think that to look for that you can say that, hey, like this is where I'm taking responsibility because I think it's important to know like here's that's this is this is your responsibility mm-hmm. and then here's the responsibility to the environment that in a relationship if someone is not doing these things or if they are doing these things, um, then they are harming the environment so that now it makes it really difficult for you to be happy in a good in a, in a good space okay and so i think that number one is like someone that invades your personal boundaries mm. right and so i think that someone that uh, even like without like aggression like constantly is stepping into the things that you have said like this is my space mm-hmm. these are things that i value and they constantly are, are tripping over them are they're moving through and in, 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 uh, in, a, in a way that makes you uncomfortable and makes it, it makes it toxic. Well, that sounds unhealthy, but <laughs> give me an example. Like have, uh, what is a personal boundary that you've seen somebody in a marriage crossover? Like, let's just say, for example, if you say, um, you know, I need this space, like I have a difficult job, mm-hmm. right? And let's just say I come home mm-hmm. and I need like 10 minutes to just defrag so that I'm my best version. Mm -hmm. And the person just will not allow you to have that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you're trying to take responsibility of your own, you know, self, uh, your own mental health. You're trying to like create boundaries for yourself and Mm -hmm. someone invades it. Yeah. Right. Um, Or let's just say, for example, that, you know, you're trying to create boundaries around the things you will do or won't do so that you, you protect your time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you have, you know that you have kids, you have all these things, whatever mm-hmm. it may be that you're trying to make sure you do. And that person has no respect for your time mm-hmm. and <clears throat> constantly is pressuring you to invade the thing that you just created a boundary around. Yeah. And so that is something that's important because when we're talking about it's, it's you know, an environment where people have to take responsibility for their own happiness, when people are tripping over and stamp and stomping all over your personal boundaries, um, that makes it very difficult. See, I have maybe it's not a different perspective, but like when I think of when we were raising kids and they were really young and like in the thick of it, let's say they were two, four and six or even like newborn two and four. Like if you said, hey, my personal boundaries are that I need 15 minutes a day to do X, Y and Z. That would have caused a big problem between us because, yeah, I wish I had 15 minutes to take a crap by myself, but I don't because I'm breastfeeding and doing all this stuff. Like, so personal boundaries can be like something that's questionable, like depending on where you're at in your marriage or relationship or how young your kids are, things like that. Like for the examples you gave me, a personal boundary that I think of is like if you insist on checking my phone constantly, mm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like then that means that there's a lack of trust. That right. means if you're going through my things, then I feel like we don't have that trust built. So that would be a personal boundary that I can get behind. But if you're telling me like, hey, I have an important job and I'm coming home and I need my time to me, I'm kind of put off by that. Yeah. And I think that that's where, especially if I'm the mom that's been home with the kids all damn day and you're coming home telling me you need more time. Like I need to be able to say, take this kid. If I've been with a crying kid for the past 12 hours. Right. So that could cause huge problems. It it can. If, if there's no, like a compromise, right? Right. Like if you say, if I said, Hey, I know you need some time Mm -hmm. and I need some time so that we can show up for our best self. Mm -hmm let's collaborate on how we can do that for each other. Right. And so if I'm willing to make a compromise and saying, Hey, 
I'm ready to just step right in, take the kids, and give you 20 minutes as soon as I get home to just kind of like shake it off, mm-hmm. like get to a good place, do something you enjoy, whatever it may be. Then I think that that's something that you have to compromise because the I think the biggest thing that a lot of people run into, especially with kids, is they have a tough time showing up their best self mm-hmm. because of the fact that they're so involved with the, the kids or and then they never get to their relationship, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that we, you know, we coach a lot of uh, students that they have a tough time creating boundaries, mm-hmm. right? They're constantly saying yes or they're constantly giving in to doing more instead of setting some really clear boundaries on what they will or will not do. And before they know it, they don't have boundaries and they, and, and they wonder why they, they have a tough time getting to a place where they can understand, like, what do you need? Yeah. Right. And so uh, I get it. I understand that that could be hard, but I think there needs to be some type of compromise there. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next one, emotional support, I think, is super um, like non-negotiable in a relationship. If you're not feeling supportive or if your partner is not emotionally available, then that definitely can impact your happiness. So is that one of those things where it's like, well, he's not very good at expressing his emotions. So that impacts my happiness. Mm. I feel like you could also say, well, you knew that he wasn't good at expressing his emotions. So control your own happiness. Yeah. Well, I think the way I read that too, or see that is if I don't give you any indication of how I feel about things, Mm -hmm. right? And so everything is very, you know, stoic or I don't actually express my feelings towards you, Mm -hmm. my feelings towards what we do, like all those things. And I, and I come across as this person that is very robotic. Mm -hmm. That's really difficult. Yeah. Right. Because I don't know where I stand. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that, I think that emotional availability of being able to express how you feel is super important. And when you don't do that, then a a person can't understand like, or like on my side of it, if I'm trying to help create an environment where your happiness can be, can flourish, I don't know if I'm doing that Mm -hmm. or if you need me to change because you're not expressing how you feel. Right. That just goes down to communication then. Right. right. But I think um, healthy emotional support is like, do I feel like you're there? I had a friend say, I don't see this relationship really going very far because I don't feel like he has my back. Mm -hmm. Like it should be like a us against everyone else. And so I was like, yeah, that's relatable. I think most women want to know that their significant other has their back and will emotionally support them or support them in any way, right? Right. So I think emotional support is a big thing in a relationship. The next thing, control or manipulation. Um, I think that kind of goes back to like, if your husband's telling you you can't go somewhere, or if the wife is saying you're not allowed to do something, Um, that's a big red flag. Yeah. But again, I guess the question is, is like, these are all red flags of toxic relationships. Shouldn't this impact your happiness? Like, are these signs of like, this is okay. These are okay situations where it's okay for it to impact your happiness. Well, I think that these things, yeah, this, and that's what this is. Like these are, I think when you think about the things we're talking about right now, these are the things you need to be aware of because if you can't disseminate like where you begin and where the other person ends Mm -hmm. or where they end and where you begin from a standpoint of happiness, then I think it makes it really difficult to know, like, am I the cause of my dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. in life or is it these things this person's doing? Yeah. Right. And so if I'm working really hard to bring happiness to our relationship, but there's a controlling element uh, that you may have that manipulates me to do things that I don't want to do Mm. or I don't feel comfortable doing, then yeah, that's going to invade on my ability to have have a sense of autonomy and freedom. Right. And so I think that that is a place where you say, hey, you know what? This is where you are creating an, a, an environment where I can't be my, mm-hmm. my full self. Yeah. And so you're using guilt. You're using certain things to manipulate me to act and do things in a way that you want me to do them. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the, the epitome of, of like losing your joy in life. Right. You know, so I think that was super important. The fourth one is 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 a big one, and that's the constant create, uh, criticism. criticism and negativity. Mm-hmm. Wish I could talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that one is like everyone needs some type, especially when you care about someone. Like opinions from strangers and what other people think may not a big deal, but how you feel about me is important to mm-hmm. me, right? And if I constantly get criticism or negativity, it it, it 
seriously impact how I view myself. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, I appreciate and value your opinion. I think that if I could do anything differently, like when we were newly married and trying to just figure everything out, we had instantly three kids. I think that I was definitely in more of the negativity and criticism mode because, you know, it was a lot of things like now that we've talked about it, it's like I was expecting you to do the things that my dad did to help. Right. Mm -hmm. My dad helped barbecue. He helped cook. He helped do all these things until we talked about it and I told you what I needed, which was like, this is how you help as a husband. Then I was like upset and negative and criticizing because I was just like, okay, well you never really helped me. So I was in that space all the time. Um, so I definitely think that that sucks the joy out of a relationship yeah, for sure. and that like looking back, it's like, those were just expectations and sheer communication. Right. But I can see how like it takes the sexiness away. It takes like your friendship away. Like if you're constantly disappointed as a wife that your husband's not doing the things that you need him to do. The thing I would say is like, well, have you even communicated that? Right. That really was our problem. And then that helped me like remove the negativity and a lot of the criticism because now we were on the same page. Yeah. And it makes me think about that. You sent me a video that I, I thought was amazing. Um, and it was about uh, in a relationship when you're not with the person to put yourself and think about yeah. their best attributes. Mm -hmm. Right. And their, and their best qualities. Um it, it just in time of, of silence, right? Yeah. You just think about, wow, my wife is extremely beautiful or my wife does this thing really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really good because I think I s unconsciously do that because mm -hmm. I admire you and I think that you do amazing things. Mm -hmm. But I do think that just stopping to think about that can strengthen that area and, and keep you away from the negativity. Yeah. And, criticism. and I, I will say that I could be better at that for sure. Um, and I sent you that and I think we should play that like for mm -hmm. the listeners so that way they can hear. But it was a good advice. This guy had been married for over 21 years and like here's how to kind of keep things going. And I think that we were talking the other day about moms have a different experience in the family, mm -hmm. right? Like we have to kind of make sure everyone knows where they're going. Do you have everything? Like we're usually taking care of the dinner, the groceries, the laundry, like all of the things, everybody's needs and emotions. And this comedian I heard the other day, they said that like the moms stress out about all that shit. The reasons why dads are so happy is because they don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. Like they're not thinking about any of that. And I will say that that, feels like so true like having raised kids now there were times where I was like upset that you didn't care as much as I cared and then it definitely hindered our relationship from being able to connect in the way that you know we both wanted and now I think that we're we've got older kids it's easier for us to kind of talk through things now yeah. but I don't have a lot of those distractions anymore so I'm thinking about the mom who's overwhelmed, who's managing it all, who feels like she's out of sync with her husband, who feels like she knows and she's aware that she's nagging and she's criticizing. But why the hell won't he get up and get the baby while the baby's crying? Because he's not intuitively like listening to do that. Right. That's a really hard season to be in. It, it is. And I think without really clear communication and and each and this goes back to a previous episode but if you're constantly working to get it right mm -hmm. hopefully you have the openness to, to communicate that and then the person that you're communicating that to is receptive enough yeah. to say i'm willing to make these adjustments mm -hmm. so that you don't always feel this way yeah right and so i think that's super important for sure the next one is 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 interesting it's the isolation from other sources of happiness right this is a big one for me yeah, because I know that you get get a lot of satisfaction and happiness by connecting with others. Mm -hmm. And if I was playing a role in isolating you, yeah. and you know, this is a big one because I feel like I've seen this personally where you, uh, like my mom got married, mm -hmm. and I feel like there was a, a, a moving away from the friends and family. Mm -hmm was a sense of isolating yeah. so that there's a l level of control that was happening. Mm -hmm. And so we moved very, very far from our family mm -hmm. and the relationship. I just, from my perspective, I see, I saw my, them, that my mom's marriage 
changed. Their yeah. relationship changed as soon as they Because now she was solely relying on him for happiness. Right. Yeah. You have no friends anymore. I mean, I worried about that when my aunt and uncle moved to Italy. Mm-hmm. Right. So she moved from being with her friends or family and now they're with his family in another country. They only speak Italian. And, you know, luckily she's safe and she's fine and it's not right. a toxic relationship. But that would worry me for our marriage. Like, right. let's say that your company transferred you and we're living in Japan now. Sounds all fun and games and cool. But if I know no one, I don't have a purpose there. I don't have a job that I'm going right. to. I don't have stories to share when I come home at night. I don't have any other um you know, interactions with anyone, I would know that in order for our marriage to survive that, I would have to create happiness outside of you. So Mm -hmm. I'd have to join some groups. I'd have to go back to school, learn the language. Like I would need to be around other people other than you to find happiness. Yeah. And I think that that that's tough. Right. And I know that people do that because they make sacrifices and whatever the case may be. Military families all the time. All the time, yeah. right? And so this one is tough because you may not have a choice. But I think right? you do have a choice. That's the thing. If you are a military mom, let's say, and you're moving across the country or to another country, you have to understand that your partner cannot be your sole source of happiness. Mm. Like it, that happens to us sometimes because I work from home and it's like I'm interacting with no one all day. So sometimes you come home and I'm like, how was your day? Tell me more. Like, and, and I find myself, I'm like, just so we're clear, like I need hobbies outside of this. <laughs> like I need work people outside of you. Like right. I, I am fully aware that I cannot rely on you for all of my happiness. Right, right. And so I think that the, the isolation though, that's when it becomes like, is this manipulative? Right. Like, did you create this? And so you, if you're a listener, you have to know that your source of happiness cannot be solely isolated and reliant upon your partner. And if you are in a toxic relationship, your partner may be trying to create that. Right. right? They so know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get you to a place. And, you, and I think the telltale signs is, is how does that person respond when you go out with friends, yeah. when you're with family? Do they have always something negative to say about them? Are they trying to diminish that relationship in some sort of way? where you solely rely on them, yeah. right? And then that is a power play in a position that an insecure person will create, yep. you know? And obviously, because we're talking about like abuse, physical or emotional abuse, um, not acceptable. That's a sign of a toxic relationship. Right. But that could be highly detrimental to everyone's health and well-being. And then the last one is lack of personal growth. I know that in our marriage, when we had some of the toughest times, it's because we were kind of stuck in a rut, just kind of doing the day-to-day like average things, right? Like, you know, you come home, watch football. Like I'm wrapped up in the kids, let's say. Like everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Right. But we're not consuming anything outside of each other, outside of family, outside of work. And so reading books, going to conferences, listening to podcasts like the Push Podcast, um, figuring out ways to grow and develop your own um, self, I think brings a lot to a relationship. And then you won't feel so stifled. And then a lot of times when you're not growing, you tend to blame it on the partner. Yeah. And I think if you're doing the right thing with yourself and you are striving to continue to grow and stretch and, and learn new things, like not being able to within your relationship bounce those things off mm-hmm. of the other person is difficult because I think that one of the things that's beautiful about our relationship is that we can grow and then we can learn something and we can have a const- a very constructive conversation yeah. about those ideas and, mm-hmm. and thoughts and uh, new learnings to really see how that applies to us or just to hear the other person's perspective. Yeah. Right. But if the other person doesn't have a perspective uh, about it because they are consumed in a, a place of being in a rut and they don't have anything to add, mm-hmm. that makes it really difficult for the entire relationship to, to flourish. Right. Yeah. And so when we talk about what can be invading your ability to be happy in a relationship, uh, it could be the fact that the, that the relationship doesn't feel like it's growing. Right. Right. And it's just like anything, if it's not growing, then it's, then it's dying. dying. Yeah. Right? And so I think that those are seven things for, for anyone who's, who feels like they're doing the right thing to bring happiness to their relationship. Those are seven things I think that damage it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so 
there is a sense of responsibility for your own happiness, but there's also a sense of responsibility for the relationship and how you are creating and nurturing uh, happiness within that relationship. Yeah, agree. So just leaving on a positive note, some things that you can do um, in a relationship, if you're in a relationship to make sure that you're taking responsibility for your own happiness. I think that's number one is like embrace individual responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's not your husband's job to make you happy. It's not your wife's job to make sure that her whole life, you know, revolves around you. So that way your happiness is not like number one and most important, even if you're the breadwinner, like it's your responsibility, um, to step up for your own happiness and well-being. Uh, number two, I think we talk about this in every episode, I think, but cultivating self-awareness, like understand your own needs, your own things that bring you joy. Like sometimes if I feel like I'm in a funk, like let's say I haven't connected with my team, right? And I haven't had any breakfast or brunches or anything where I'm interacting with other people. I can literally feel myself like I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling disconnected. What can I do to generate some joy into my life? And the first thing I go to is like, I need conversations. I need connection. And so I have, um, I think, good self-awareness to know like what I'm missing when I don't feel joy. And that's hard to like constantly be in conversation with yourself and to take responsibility for that. I love this one because even though like self-awareness and people can kind of broad brush it mm-hmm. the the big thing around this one is around the fact that i have the ability to communicate with you effectively what mm-hmm. i think i need mm-hmm. right and it may not be something for you to do mm-hmm. but it may be something that is like hey i need you to know about this so that you can participate in me getting it right right mm-hmm. and i think that that is huge because you know if a lot of times we talk about this before where if you have silent expectations, those expectations will never be met. Yeah. Right. And, and so many I'll people just, live with them. And I'll throw it in because number three is about communicating openly and honestly. And our biggest problems in our marriage have been where one of us has the expectation that the other should do X, Y, and Z. And the other didn't even know about the expectation. Right. And so... You know, as cliche as it is, I think communication fixes everything, but openly and honestly communicating what your expectations are is like taking it to the next level. Which I think leads to the next one is, and that is practicing empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. Like practicing it is very important, right? Because you can say, oh yeah, I'm empathetic and I understand you, but working to try to understand someone to get there, like Mm -hmm. to get to a place where I say, okay. I don't understand it initially, but I'm working to understand mm-hmm. it and allowing that to happen, I think is, is very important uh, to foster a really good yeah. happiness. And I'll just tell you, women really want, you know, they want uh, emotional connection. And so if you can find a way to practice better empathy and understanding, then you're probably going to have more sex with your wife mm-hmm. because that leads right to intimacy. Right. Like if you feel like the other person that you want to be in a partnership with really understands you on a deeper level and they're validating like, you know, your thoughts, fears, emotions, whatever. And they really are being, um, like just really understanding about what you might be going through, then that's going to lead straight to intimacy and can really strengthen your relationship and your bond. The next one is foster mutual growth and support. Um, I definitely think that for us, again, like personal growth has been really important. So giving each other, um, you know, the space to kind of like do what you need to do to grow. But I think we kind of bring things together. Like you have a podcast you love to listen. I want to know about it, right? Right. If there's a book that we like, then we want to know about it. If you heard or listened to something and you didn't share it with me, I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Like, so giving each other the space to grow, but then also like mutually supporting that too. I feel like if you, there was a point where you started reading the Bible and I was like, okay, is this a thing? Like if this is something you're pursuing, then I need to be a part of this or this could create a problem for us. Yeah. And I, and I want to highlight like the the thing we're, the things we're talking about right now, like you individually have to do this work, Mm -hmm. right? Like you individually have to do these things for your own happiness but for the the advancement of the relationship. So if you're not individually trying to grow, then there is no mutual. Yeah. Right. And so I think that, you know, and every and, and I think I think it's important to people to know this. Happiness 
deter is determined on your ability to fulfill be fulfilled and fulfillment is about fooling yourself yeah. like like actually bringing more things to you um that can help you feel like you're accomplishing and moving forward and progressing well it's funny because will smith and jada smith um jada ping and smith they had a conversation about the fact that they've been open about she was looking for happiness from him but mm -hmm. he said i don't even know if you know how to make your own self happy mm. and that was like an unlock for her so that's right. kind of like inspired lots of conversations by us is like we are responsible for making each other happy, but it first starts with you making yourself happy. Because right. if you don't know what makes you happy, how on earth would I know what makes you happy? Um, and so I think things like, um, you know, spending quality time together is important. Practicing gratitude and appreciation. We talked about it a few minutes ago. Is just like, you know, it's easy to pick apart the things that your partner doesn't do. But can you make a list quickly of 10 things that they do do really well? I think that would help you as an individual see them in a positive light and probably be more loving towards them. Yeah. Um, and then I think just like embracing the journey is something that we've kind of learned to understand. Like we're going to be at 19 years of marriage and we've realized that all of the hardest things like we've got through, but we also know that there are seasons and yeah. different challenges and that we're going to be faced with different things and I think 19 years almost gives us um, it gives us the fortitude to say, OK, well, we know what works and we also know what doesn't work. So how when something happens, a challenge arises because it will, then what do we bring to the table as far as tools are concerned? I think yeah. that's a good conversation to have with your partner as well. Yeah. And I think. I love that. And the other part, I think, you know, and it kind of talks, it speaks to what we were talking about earlier around how you can damage it is self-care, prioritizing self-care and well-being, mm -hmm. right? And I think that, that is the hardest thing to do when you're in the thick of it with kids, yeah. right? And when you can't say, when you don't feel like you have the time to say, I need to, I need to take care of myself yeah. uh, and my well-being, um, that makes it really difficult because then I think at that point right now, you know, you have two people who are on the edge, yeah. right? Like they don't have their mental health in order, they don't have their physical health in order, and everything feels monumental. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that making sure that you find ways to compromise and, and find give each other time to do that is super important. Yeah, so if this episode was helpful for you and you think you're gonna have a stronger relationship or marriage, then let us know what steps or tips or advice that you're gonna start implementing in your relationship, and we will see you guys in the next episode. All right, be happy push through. <laughs>Thank you for listening to the push podcast hey we want to hear from you so if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through you got to do something for us you got to go to apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review and in that review go ahead and leave that question with your instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question and we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that hey this particular podcast is made for you so leave a rating leave a review you leave your handle and until next time push through